Hello? Uh, how you doing? Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about something. Fair enough, there's too much stuff out there we could talk about. So why not talk about something cool that we all love and enjoy? Welcome to Something Basketball, your English spoken basketball podcast straight out of Germany. I am your host JB and today we'll be walking like, nah, we're talking to an Egyptian. There is a saying, you always meet twice in life. That's exactly the case when we talk about Assem Marai and Germany. After starting off his pro career in Lithuania, he joined Bayreuth in the summer of 2016, played two seasons there and gave his basketball Champions League debut in the meantime. Last year, Marai took his talents to Pinakajaka in Turkey, leading Izmir to a quarterfinals run in FIBA Europe Cup competition. More of a traditional big who can do damage in the low block, Assem's play drew the attention of German powerhouse Bamberg. Freak City signed him on a two-year deal, hoping to find some much-needed stability in the paint, both in Bundesliga and BCL action. What's really interesting about the 27-year-old is that he is far from peaking. He knows exactly where he's at as a player right now, and he knows exactly what he wants to add to his repertoire going forward. But that's just one aspect that we talked about while he sat down in a nice little Bamberg cafe on an off-day afternoon. Going with the something basketball credo, we chose to stick to the good old triple threat position, exchanging shoot, pass and dribble for, in Assem's case, shot selection, passport and development. Hello? Assem Arai, yes. welcome to the Something Basketball podcast, where we don't want to talk about the triple, uh, the triple threat position, shoot, pass, and dribble, but uh, you know we, we talk about shot selection, passport, and development. And gotcha. um, yeah. first things first, we got to talk about the modern big man's game. Everybody who's you know somewhat beyond uh, 3.4 and, and 7 feet tall nowadays has to run from the low post to the 3.9 set pigs, pop to the free right. throw line and take the mid-range uh, shot. Uh, but with you, I don't always feel like that's your game. Where do you feel, uh, where do you see yourself and, and how do, where did you model your game in today's modern basketball as a big man? Uh, um, well, I think I'm more of an like an old school big, which is like a dying breed, like you said, basically the back to the basket big man. And um, like you said, the game has been evolving a lot, and those big, typical seven foot big men are not like um, super common as before. And if you have a seven-foot big, he will be shooting from the three-point line to make his game a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Like to stretch the floor, make the spacing a lot better. As for me, I think there's something I need to work on and I'm starting to work on is the, 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 jump, the jumper, that free-throw line jump shot or the mid-range jump shot. My game is more of like a mobile five-man that can play back to the basket and set pick and, and set screens and roll roll hard to the basket type of guy. Um, the last two years, I think, I've been getting better sharing the ball 
also like my passing ability i think i would like to think it's gotten a lot better um so yeah that's something i've been working on because i know it's a big fact it's a big um want to say like development in the game of basketball the last couple of years the shooting big man to help the floor spacing of the floor and help the rhythm of the game offensively so i think that's something that is evolving a lot and a lot of big men has to take that and has to be evolve their game from just around the basket to like at least towards the free throw line extension 15 foot jump shot every big man i think should have that threat and that's what i'm working on right now because i'm not really like a real threat for that area but i can hurt you from other places on the court so yeah right uh, that's my thing yeah especially when when you when you talk about passing the ball um right when we look at your numbers starting you know, with your professional career back in the 15-16 season in Lithuania uh, to your right. two years in Bayreuth last year in Turkey. But the first three years as a professional, you averaged around about a 1.2, 1.3 assists per game last year in Turkey. Right. It's it's just a little step upwards, but it's you upped your assists per game to 1.8. What's been what's been changing for you as a as a passing big man last last year? What helped you raise that number? Was it just surveying the floor, or was it? Was it the people surrounding you that were, you know, better at, at moving into open spaces? What what helped you get those numbers up? Uh, yeah, like I was saying, like the the higher you go in like teams and leagues and and so on, like the higher level players obviously you play with, and I think that also took a factor. But I think one of the, as a, a factor of like spacing the floors, players know where to be offensively and stuff like that, which helped me. And a player like me, I'm, I got like a presence inside of the paint. So other teams tend to like collapse and stay in the paint. So it's a lot easier if you have players that understand spacing. It's a lot easier to share the ball and have more assists as a big man as the defense collapse. But I would also say... It comes with experience also playing like four, three, four, five years in Europe. It comes, you get to know, like you said, how to survey the floor. You get to know, okay, if I get the ball here, the help is coming from this side. Then the guy in the corner is probably open. So it's more of an automatic thing. You see it once on video, you feel it in the game. So then the third or the fourth time you're like, okay, I know someone is in the corner. I know someone's on the 45, stuff like that. Is is this something where you would say, yeah, it helps me in this regard that I'm coming back to a, BB, uh, to a league, when we talk about the BBL, I'm coming back to right. a BBL where I know a lot of teams, where I know a lot of coaching styles already and I know what to expect from uh, from team from team defenses that are thrown at me? Right, of course, yeah. I think I'm very familiar with the, with the German league. With the BBL, very strong league, and I would, um, I kind of know how the league goes, what to do and what not to do, but also to mold in the new team and like know your role. It all always is an important thing, and like how to get better with your own team is also huge. And I think as a team, we will get better by every game. And me personally, individually, will get better with every game, every day in practice to get to know more 
of course every every coach got the new every coach got his own strategy like i was in bayroy there was a strategy there that i was used to like you said but now i'm on a new team new organization they might be asking different stuff from me than what i've been asked you know in uh bayroy for say yeah so so give us a little uh little glimpse at, at what's changed for you what is it that that coach demands from you over over there in bamberg what i mean especially when we, when, it, when we say he demands something something different than what you've experienced in lithuania or in bayreuth or last in turkey yeah of course every coach demand something different or a little bit i mean every coach knows what you bring to the table and that's why you're that's on why the you're team hired. <laughs> right exactly and uh but they also want to know like um maybe share the ball more maybe play harder on defense you're just a little minor changes from every coach i think the coach here is pretty like offensively like a free coach you do you play good on defense he gives you the freedom of offense so I think I'm fitting in that role, trying to fit in that role also. So defensively, up in my game defensively, I think that's one of the things that coach uh, is emphasizing on. To play, to be there defensively, have a defensive presence more. Yeah, so that's, I think that's the main strategy for me in Bamberg. Okay. Um, now coming back to to the shooting part, uh, when you say you want to work on your your shot, that you're not you're not a, a single thread when it comes to to working on the low block or you know in pick and roll situations where you right. where you roll all the way to down to the basket. Um, right. In, in this regard, what do you what would you say is the the biggest challenge for you personally when it comes to um, you know? Installing a, a mid-range jumper for yourself—is it—is it the motion? Is it the timing? Is it the pass that you receive from the from the small man from the from the smaller player pick and roll, uh, pick and pop situation? It's—it's it's like you said, yeah. It's always like a little bit of everything. I mean, we have a very capable passing point guard, Paris Lee, and a, a lot of capable passers on our team. So I don't think that's the main issue. I think is more of the confidence and the timing like you said and positioning where i'm at especially where the ball is where i get the ball me looking at the basket instead of just swinging it and then following for a ball screen just looking for that shot if the defense is playing off stuff like that but always something that you i always have to think of is me rolling to the basket always help the team with rotation it's like because when you roll to the basket you know people collapse then the fill is there then you have like shooters like bryce taylor or whatever cameron a lot of players that can shoot the ball they have better spacing and a better um like an easier shot or like more of like not super contestant shot yeah but for me personally yeah it's more of like the motion and uh, me looking at the rim for the decision like making the decision of the shot Instead of just going to my automatic, which is like get the ball, swing it, or get the ball, attack to the basket with my back, like stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you'd say it's it's more of a, of a mental challenge to really break through the you know, your old habits. That yes, because it comes a second nature. Like yeah. it's like okay, I get the ball here. I know they can't stop this, so I just go to it right away. But me trying to expand my game, I should you know. 
Okay. So receive take the ball, that shot. take your head up, you know, survey the floor. Exactly. Is the right, there, yeah. Take the shot and, and then make a quick decision. Right, right. Is there, is there, I, I know that Stefan Weisenberg is super high on, you know, figuring out what each and every player needs when it comes to individual coaching. And right. he has so many, he, he's so in love with, with details and, and knows how to, you know, how yes. to, how to maneuver people to the right spot and, and find a good fit for them when it comes to, to um, upping their repertoire. Was there the right. thing within, let's say, over the last couple of weeks that you came in, into Bamberg? Um, have we, or for one, have you been working uh, with Stefan in this regard when it comes to, to creating your shot? And if so, what has his, uh, his most valuable piece of, his, of advice been so far? Yeah, yes, I have been working with him. He's he's very good at his job. He's very good at what he does. And like you said, he's very into the details. And um, his advice is basically confidence. Like the confidence in the shot. He always tells me there's nothing wrong with the mechanism of my shot. Like there's no... Which of course is a good sign. He said like your shot is a good shot. It's just the confidence and just shooting it with confidence is the main thing. Okay, so, so that I think yeah, has been helping a lot. Okay, so we will see you uh, hopefully shooting a lot more from mid-range this season, whether it's going to be in BCL or in BBL. So we will have our eye on this, and we want you to take your shots with confidence, Asem. That's right. Great. Right. I will be putting yeah. down my notes each and every game when I watch you, uh, Bamberg. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously now you're in Bamberg. Everybody's happy that you are in Bamberg, back to the Frankenland. Right. Um, right. But it has been a somewhat tricky, tricky adventure, tricky uh, traveling uh, all the way to, to Bamberg. Um, you know, we, we heard there's been some issues with the passport over the summer. So give for everybody right. who did not hear the story, give us your, your take on the, the rough start coming into Bamberg. Well, yeah, the, the main thing I usually get my passport from America, I spent half of my summer in Egypt and then the other half in the U.S. And I just apply for visa or whatever it is. And it usually takes me 48 hours, two days or something like that. But um, this time I decided to spend my whole summer in Egypt. And I was like, whatever happens, I just apply for the visa in Egypt, Cairo, and see what happens. Because usually it takes two or three days a week maximum. So... What I didn't think of, there's a lot of people applying for the German visa in Egypt. So there was like a lot of, a lot of passports for the embassy to go through. Like a thousand passports, for example, or something like that for the embassy to go through. So it was just a matter of time for them to go through all these cases and get to my passport was the main problem. It was nothing with like the acceptance of the visa or like the me getting the actual visa just the process of them getting through the paperwork to get to my case or my passport okay so is, is this because so many people are make are on vacation from, from egypt to I, germany or was it or is everybody applying for for a working visa or i have no idea okay. i think working visa and tourism and vacation and all that i don't know but i just i knew it was a lot of passports so a lot of people there 
Yeah. So it was just a matter of time. So what did you do? So what did you do in the in the meantime uh, with all your free time? Lay on the beach and enjoy the sun, or did you work out individually um, during the time? A, li a, li a little bit of both. A little bit of enjoying my time with my family and stuff, and a little bit of working out. So it was it was nice. Yeah. Um, when we talk about when we talk about visas and and, and passports, um, and you um, being from Egypt in a very uh you know in an u.s sport playing in germany which is um well, especially we have a ton of u.s players in germany we have a ton of players from the former Yugoslavia in, in germany uh and and from all over all over europe how does a guy from from egypt fits right in there and and how do you see yourself being you know within the united nations of basketball if, if you will where where do you feel home the most when it comes to being around players um i, I feel like whenever i'm on the court you know what i'm saying like basketball is i'm very confident in what i can do and it doesn't matter where i do it i feel like i will always be confident and i always fit right in once you give me a basketball you know like once you give me a ball and there's a court and there's a team i'll fit right in i'm not too much of an ego guy like i'm pretty down to earth you know coming from egypt and all that stuff um so yeah but like throughout my whole journey i've been um kind of i don't want to say an underdog but like i've been kind of like the player that's not like a lot of hype around or not a lot of stuff like that so i think that helped my character build my character a lot also I, i truly believe something like this helps uh to stay grounded if you will. for sure for sure for sure coming from coming from egypt and not not from super nice gyms and super nice arenas that you people practice in and work out in uh help for sure with my character and like being more down to earth for sure Hey, but but you've been to the to the Bamberg Arena's uh, visiting team's locker room, so that's not nice either. Hey. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you're on the good right. side now. You're you're not on the home in the. I'm on the nicer locker. side, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. On the better side now. Right. But um, when we talk about gyms, um, I mean that's that's some a topic that I did not have on my list. But when it comes to 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 gyms and and um, now that you play in BCL and and in Easy Credit BBL, is there any gym where you say, yeah, I I'm super excited to play in that very gym uh, within the next couple six to eight months uh, at some point during the season ahead of us? Yeah, it's gonna sound corny to say, but like Bamberg Gym is one of the best gyms to play in, to be honest. Like I played when I was on Bayroy and I played against Bamberg. It was one of the best gyms and best energy to be at, to be at. So I'm very excited for this season for our for our home games. That's right, and 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 what amazes me what amazes me the most is how rowdy and loud it is in there. Every right, a lot of energy. Time. Yeah. Right. And it, and it and it's almost nonstop from tip off until the final the, until the final buzzer sounds. Um, it's just you, you can't understand a single word, you know, when, when you're sitting right, in the stands right. or it's, at, it's, at the media seats and you want to talk to your neighbor. 
Oh, it's super hard to understand a single word. I think that yeah, that's it's, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, absolutely right. And on on the downside, is there any any gym where you know yeah that that's gonna be a hard trip for us because I don't know the the lighting is is off or the the floor is not the best or you know the basket is always five centimeters low or high. <laughs> no, not not that I know of. No. Okay. Um, for the final part. Um, We need to talk, and, and we already touched the subject to, to some to some degree. Um, we got to talk about your, your personal development. As you said, you, you come from, you know, from a smaller place, from you know, ruggish gyms. Um, but you always right. had, but you always had the best people to to look up to. Um, in in your parents, uh, to everybody who does not know that, or your For story, sure. give us a. Or how would you, uh, how would you describe your parents as as parents themselves and as basketball players especially? Right. Yeah. Both both of my parents played basketball, so my whole family played basketball. Coming from a basketball culture, you know, basketball house helped a lot. They were both extremely supportive, and a lot of credit goes to them for sure. Where I'm at now. Like, they were the reason for me to go to the U.S., go to school there, because, like, revolution was going on in Egypt. And, like, the basketball and the sports for a year or something like that wasn't so good. So they were like, no, you need to go there, get a get a degree, do um, pl play better basketball, get better, and invest in yourself, kind of. And they kept pushing me and pushing me to play in Europe, try to play at the high level at the highest level I could play at, which is a lot of credit goes to them because when I was 17, 18, and my home team back in Egypt offered me a good contract, and I'm a kid, 16, 17-year-old. Of course, I want the money, but they were like, no, wait, wait. Go get your degree. Go get better. Invest in yourself. And I think that was the best decision I took. Um, especially when you, when you talk about the, the revolution, um, how easy or to put it the other way around how difficult is it to really um you know in, invest the time in yourself and, and be focused on the task at hand when you are overseas knowing that you know there's a revolution going on in your home country talk, talk about this right. right it was it was it was tough because the revolution happened and then that all the sports and all the leagues were done for like they said we'll stop them for like three months or so And then it ended up being four months and there was no like stability or safety in the league, you'd say. You didn't know the there was no basketball league. A lot of leagues stopped. A lot of sports stopped. So I didn't want to keep uh, being kind of like an environment that is not professional or guaranteed or like something for me to get better as a player and grow up as a player also. So I think that's what one of the, one of the main decisions that kind of forced me to go to the U.S. Not forced me. I always wanted to go play college basketball, but it was one of the factors that helped me take that decision. Also, it speeded things up, so to say. Yes, exactly. Okay, was there? I mean, I've talked to many guys that made the opposite leap, coming from the U.S., coming over here to to Europe. Um, you know, once they were done, once they finished school. 
you know, with you it's it's quite the opposite because you you know you you've been leaving the you know, the old continent if you will to move to, to right. the US. Um, was there at any time was there any doubt or what's the what's been the biggest biggest fear when you when you came over and and, and what's been the one or two things uh, that you maybe struggled with the most adapting to you know college lifestyle uh well the first the first time i went there i i didn't want to stay there more than a night because the dorm rooms that i was in was not that good i called my parents i was like i cannot live here <laughs> stuff like that but um it ended up being worked out and i stayed and i'm glad i did i'm glad i didn't leave the next day um so yeah i think the living conditions wasn't as good as i expected or imagined like america and i was going there from egypt and i expected it to be like super nice but matter of fact it was worse than i was but obviously the basketball gyms was great the training facility was the one of the best i've seen stuff like that but like just to like the rooms and where the student lives is not usually the best in colleges in the u.s but anything basketball related was very good so that's what helped me to stay Yeah. But also coming to Europe, back to Europe, was an easy, easier transition for me than the transition was from Egypt to go to the U.S. for sure. Yeah. Like the way the game is played, the way it's more of what I'm used to, to the American basketball. Yeah. But, but when, you, when you look back at the, the time in Minnesota, um, what would you say is the one... A uh, skill that you develop during your your three to four years over there that's still in your toolbox today. What is it I that, think just that you would you would say that that's the most valuable lesson I've learned uh, over there in, in the U.S. I think just the change of how I work, like the change of me approaching basketball as more of a job, like. You need to go work out. You need to do the stuff more like in Egypt. It was like more fun. I loved the game. I was fortunate enough to be good at it. So it wasn't like a professional thing. It kind of changed my whole mindset to be like, okay, this is what you do. You're professional. You do this, you do this, you don't do that, stuff like that. So I think it just changed my mentality kind of more than like one specific skill. Yeah. Okay. So so what's what's the one thing you don't do anymore besides eating sweets, I guess? I mean, I still eat sweets for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's um, more of like me approach the work approach, like me approaching the game, approaching practice, approaching every day, trying to get better, than just to like be coasting through and like, you know, have to do the hard work also, lifting, the running, the conditioning, all the stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's part of part of business, and I, I truly believe that, that, that this part of basketball, especially as a as a pro, is something that um, many rookies underestimate. Um, right. That, that right. This is something that you got to bring to the table each and every day, whether you wake up uh, and, and step out of bed with the right foot or the left, or for uh, sure. I don't know if you had troubles at home. Good days, friends, bad days. Right? You have to if do yes. You have to do the same. If it's raining, you got to go to right. work. You got to bring your best to to the table. Uh, that's all. Right. So, uh, before I let you go, Asim. So, uh, as the final question, when we talk about this very 
you know, not so fun part maybe um, of, of basketball because, you know, everybody's yeah. got to train, everybody's got to work out and, and whatever the mood you're in, you got to do your job. So what brings you the most joy when we talk about basketball these days, even though it's, it's a job and it's, uh, you know, as we're at the at the very beginning of a season uh it's a job that will you know keep you accountable for 24/7 for the next uh six to eight right. years so what's what's the most fun part for you personally like besides to winning games yes like for sure winning, winning is one of the best winning stuff is always fun whether you play a game of right. or basketball or right, just right. cards or whatever exactly but i would say just like the team just like the fact of a team i think that's what i would miss the most when i'm done playing after a very long career <laughs> i hope i think just being around a team having a team in a locker room after practice before practice going to the game warming up i think the team idea is one of the things that bring me the most joy that you have other 10 guys or 12 guys or whatever depend on you to do some certain kind of role I think this is one of the the best stuff about sports in general. Yeah. Beautifully said. I couldn't have said this better better myself. No, but, thank you. but but thank when we say as a very last question, when we say hey, it's it's so much fun to, to be around these guys and I know you guys just had preseason done, you just have you guys have one game in the book. Um, so who who's who's cracking the dirtiest jokes on the Bamberg locker room? Trey. Trey McLean for sure. Okay, okay. So we gotta yeah. we, we gotta we gotta call him out to uh, have him on the show and, and uh, crack some jokes. Yeah, yeah, funny guy. Before I let you go, I gotta give a shout out to Thorsten Vogt, media manager with Brose Bamberg for pulling the strings behind the curtains to make this interview possible. Plus, thanks to Asim himself, who was kind enough to let me pick his brain on his well-deserved off day. As a listener, feel free to follow us on Instagram at somethingbasketball and leave some feedback on whatever platform you've been listening to this episode. Until then, substitution, I'm out. 